It's yeah. set up some payoffs for intrigue as opposed to set up Cluing is essentially set up some payoffs. That's all it is. It's yeah. just how do you set up and pay things off. But with intrigue, it's it, you're, the, it, that becomes maximally complex. Yeah. Because the whole point is you're trying to intrigue the audience with your setups and payoffs. So you're drawing attention to them. That's yeah. the crazy thing. You see, in action, you're trying to excite somebody. It's okay if they miss setups mm. and stuff because you can just go, ah, you didn't see the setup, boom, like that. They're not asking those questions. They're being excited. But in, in, a, in a show with intrigue, in a story with intrigue, the audience is actively sitting there going, well, I want to solve the puzzle. So yeah. I'm paying attention to all the setups and all the payoffs and I'm going to crack it before, oh, I've got it wrong. Which right? is exactly what happened in Westworld because you right. told me to watch it and said there are you said yeah. there are clues everywhere. Yeah. So I watch every episode <laughs> going, that's a clue and another clue and I solved it a hundred times. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Story Toolkit. I'm Basim El-Wakil, co-author of Action, The Art of Excitement with Robert McKee, and joining me is Luke Lionel, writer and part of the McKee Storylogue team. So today we're going to talk Westworld. Yes. Because Luke has finally got out of his loop and has seen the show, and now we can talk about it, because I knew you'd love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get to that, a uh, few things. Firstly, thank you for listening. Um, I've realised that after 50 episodes or however many it is that we don't say thank you enough. So thank you for being you. I think we say thank you precisely the correct amount that they deserve. <laughs> Secondly, <clears throat> if you want to get in touch, um, we're, uh, we're on the website, thestorytoolkit.wordpress.com. You can email us direct there. Uh, we're also on Twitter, at thestorytoolkit. Um, and as per Willard's um, claim, we have thus far saved 47 marriages. Listening. <laughs> so please rate us that, five stars on iTunes. <laughs> we are a five star podcast. Fantastic. If you want to split them between separate reviews, that's fine. <laughs> we also accept five one star reviews. No, we don't. <laughs> we absolutely do not. Um, so let's get into it. Westworld. Yes. So. Oh, I, should yeah. we lead with it? Spoilers. Oh, there's definitely spoilers. Spoilers. There's definitely spoilers. Um, we are going to spoil a lot of this. If you, yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't seen Westworld, listening to this will ruin it for you. So yeah. do switch well, off now. I think it will only improve it, but <laughs> there will be spoilers. Um, so we're, we're we're not holding anything back. We've presumed people have seen it. It's been long enough, I think. Yeah, uh, I hope people have seen it. So Westworld, uh, there's a, so what happened is. Uh, people had told me, hey, you should see Westworld, I think you'll like Westworld, and I was very reticent about watching Westworld because I have been burned by mystery shows, <laughs> I've had enough of mystery shows, Stranger Things was nice, but, you know, the OA was also very good, so th- th- it seems that things have changed since Lost, right? <laughs> but I've been burned, so I, um, I was watching it and it said, Produced by J.J. Abrams, and that got me worried. Which is another red flag for Yes, you. <laughs> but it actually works. It really pays off really nicely. Um, it's a very. It, it doesn't need a second season. It doesn't, but you presume there will be, and it the, will be set in Samurai World. We hope. We can only hope. <laughs> um, I hope it's called Shogun World. <laughs> That'd be cool, right? But so, uh, actually, I love the idea that Game of Thrones is a Westworld. <laughs> and that. They cross the streams. And I, if I was George R. R. Martin, that's what I would do. No one could stop me. The power that that man must have now. He can just destroy the show if he wants to. The power. 
Anyway, so anyway, so I watched the show, and I was watching it, and I watched it over Christmas in a couple of days, just watching it every single day. I got deep down in the bunker and just sort of, I didn't do anything. I just sat for hours watching Westworld until it was over. I'm like, well, I I regret nothing, but I feel ill. I haven't moved. So of course, Luke, you had the same experience. <laughs> you got into it. You you've just finished it. Yeah. This morning. Yeah. You watched three episodes. Uh, we I, I, well we um, my wife and I watched three last night and um, the last one this morning. And yeah, this morning because <laughs> she went off to work and I was coming here to do this work with you and I said um, <clears throat> would you mind if I watch the finale please <laughs> uh, so yeah I watched the finale and I will rewatch it again uh, with, nice. with her yep so there's actually a couple of episodes that I've watched twice because the first one I watched oh, right, on my course. own yeah. and I thought I can't watch this without her she'll really this like is, it she'll really like this yeah. um, anyway so so it's it's great and um, it's it, a lot of fun give us a, a quick breakdown of so the basic the premise of Westworld to remind you because I'm presuming you've seen the show uh, the basic premise of Westworld is it is some point in the future we don't know when um, and a man called Ford has played by Anthony Hopkins has created a theme park somehow somewhere we don't even know if it's on another planet. It might be on Earth. It might be on another planet. We don't know. Um, and this this theme park is called Westworld. And basically, it's got robots on it that look and act like human beings. And it's set in the Wild West. And the idea is that people come to the Westworld, dress up as... Um, basically, they're going to cosplay. They dress up as, as, as a... It's LARPing. It's live-action role-playing is what it is. They dress up as cowboys and stuff, and they enjoy being in Westworld, and they can do whatever they want. And what they do is typically very violent and very sexual because, they can do, because they're robots, and they, they don't know any better. And the robots don't know that they're robots. They think they're people. Um, but they don't know that they're in a theme park or anything like that. So the robots think it's all real, and they're called hosts. And the guests all come in and they just do what they want and if they want to there's little side quests that they can get involved in and little storylines and there's easter eggs and things like that yeah it's quite funny because westworld the book it's based on a book written by michael crichton who of course also came up with another story about a futuristic theme park gone wrong <laughs> uh so uh westworld uh, was a book then it became a film in the 70s starring neil brenner and now it's a TV show. But what's interesting about the TV show is the people who are writing the show have played video games. Because there's all kinds of World of Warcraft type elements to Westworld. <laughs> there's side quests. There's yeah. things that you can do. Everyone's working in their loop. Right? And so there's this sense that Westworld... Westworld, when I was watching, I was like, this is like a game. I remember this stuff. I remember in The Sims where I would build a house with a pool, have everyone go in the pool, then remove the ladder from the pool, and then everyone would drown in the pool. So you would choose the black hat in Westworld? I would choose the black hat. Well, in my defence, the characters in Sims do not look or act like real people. They are clearly computer sprites that aren't <laughs> real. But um, Grand Theft Auto, right? Oh, right. Let's just get in the car and drive. Oh, look at the way people jump out the way if you try to kill them when you run them down. Let's keep going. And so you go, ah, oh yeah, yeah, I get this. I mean, there's a bit in the story where the guy with um, William Liam McPoyle, 
from Philly. <laughs> that guy. Uh, I forget his real name. He's um, his friend. He's like, how can you do this? to these like, it's a game. They're not real. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. If, if you think like that, yeah, what they're doing is really quite, yeah. How many people bang hookers in Grand Theft Auto? I'm just saying. Okay. I was just saying, like it's 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 one of the nice things about Westworld is it does feel like oh yeah, this is gamers. Yeah, I've I've done this, just not with um, James Marsden and even Rachel Wood. Okay. But you know, I'm not sure where I was going with this. Me neither. I was just gonna. Oh yeah, you. the the premise of the show. <laughs> yeah. So that's the show, right? Um, people play video games with real people in a people world. That's it, Westworld. And then Ford's up to no good, or is he? We don't know. In fact, you don't know much of anything, and it's all a mystery. And like, what's going there on? There is that feeling Ed the Harris. whole way through the show that you just don't know what's going on. You don't. And I know that's the point, but yes. it's very disconcerting. As yeah, an there, there is but. a sense of like what. What is happening? And why? And to whom? (laughs) (laughs) It's just, you don't, it's really, the thing is, what's fun about it is, you're really intrigued. You know, we talk, I talk, I've talked about this repeatedly, the emotion of intrigue, that you feel intrigued as opposed to just confused. Yeah. You're not confused when you watch Westworld. You're intrigued. Yeah. So you go, I don't know what's going on, but, but you are asking the questions. That the show is meant expecting you to ask, so you feel like I'm getting it. That's a good point, actually, in terms of the difference between intrigue and confusion, because there are two or three moments in the show, and we'll come to these later, because I know I spoke to you before uh-huh. we turned the mic on about them as well, where the, it does leave the audience with the possibility of going, "Ah, oh, why is this happening? Not in a... yeah." You know, intrigue. I want this mystery solved, but in a this slightly doesn't make sense. But by that point in the show, you let it ride out. You yes. kind of trust them, and it does all tie together. It does. That's the thing. It all pays off. It all ties yeah. together. It's very good. So I don't think we've given actually anything away about the show just yet. Not yet. So I think now we're about to enter into proper spoiler territory. Okay. So if that hasn't sold you on Westworld, too bad. <laughs> okay. okay. Spoilers. Clue, do you want to do your cluing breakdown? Yeah. So let's talk about what the next... Because what I think is interesting about Westworld is not all the stuff about how it waxes philosophical about free will and consciousness, which I thought was fun, but I was just... I don't think that makes sense what you're saying. <laughs> like, a lot of it just doesn't... I don't think works. But I liked... It's fun, you know? It's just like... About consciousness? Yeah, and all that I stuff. I think they get away with that. I think they do and get they, away no, with and, it. No, and they, they get away with it very specifically um, when they bring it up. The It's the pyramid. When he explains the pyramid yes. of consciousness and some uh, and the character says... Basically, it's a big plot hole, right? Um, and the character says, I don't think that's right. Mm. Surely that can't work. And um, I can't remember whether it was Anthony Hopkins who says it. says, no but we're not talking about consciousness for humans. We're talking about consciousness for robots. And so they kind of say, don't worry, yeah. roll with it. Also, worry. when he draws the pyramid and he draws, he draws a circle around it and turns it into a maze. Yeah. As he's talking. Yeah. yeah. Wait, as in when they first bring it up? Yeah. You're kidding. No. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just right there. But what I mean is, is it, it, there's a lot... Of, the thing about Westworld is it doesn't get bogged down in that, as you say, it just no. kind of goes this. A lot of people found that really sort of intellectually, like, ooh, like that. I'm like, not really. I, I, I think it touches on it enough because you have to. 
um, yes. because of the nature of the show, but it's not yeah. um, using the parlance from the show. It's not a cornerstone of the yeah. show. Uh, what, what I mean is, is a lot of people were very excited about that aspect of it. And this oh, right. For me, that wasn't what really interested me. For me, it was watching the mysteries sort of unfold and the way in which they did it. Because what I'm doing at the moment... <laughs> Is I you know how how I think about these things? I'm like collecting in my head, like I keep making a little encyclopedia in my head of tools and techniques and things, so that you have it ready to go if you need to do something. You know, yeah. you're writing and say, oh, we could use that. We could do this. Oh, oh how about this thing? Because a lot of times people go, can you do a thing? And it's like, yes, you can do a thing. Here's an example of someone who tried to do it and didn't do it. Here's some someone who didn't succeeded and whatever. So I like picking up things and so. Westworld gave me a new cluing strategy, which I hadn't really... I'm sure I've seen it before, but I hadn't noticed it. Mm. This time I've noticed it. So the cluing, normally, what the way cluing works is when you're trying to keep your audience intrigued, you're basically saying, here are questions that need answering, and you are asking these questions. And so you know what you don't know, right? Whereas confusion is you don't know what you don't know. Mm. intrigue is I know what I don't know and I am able to try and piece together what I don't know and then what you want is you want the writer to when they piece them together it's very satisfying as opposed to oh I couldn't have worked that out you cheated you lied etc etc right yeah so the way cluing works is the audience is given a clue as it were a lead that says here is an avenue to which this mystery can be solved. Here is this question you should be asking. Here are where the answers for it lie, okay? And the audience navigates these little leads, right? But sometimes you have a lead that isn't really a lead. And we call those red herrings, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, for those of you who don't know what, why it's called a red herring. Um, people, I don't know why it's called a red herring. Oh, it's because uh, dogs would be used to chase people and so uh, what people would do is they would use fish, gaming, people, um, people who protected game and stuff, poachers and things. They would get fish and drag fish around tree stumps and things and leave a smell that meant the dogs couldn't follow their scent. And the particularly smelling one was a red herring. Ah. That's why they're called red herrings. Interesting. Yeah, it's to, it's to keep people off the scent. So what happens in cluing is you have these red herrings, which is false questions, false leads that don't go where you expect them to go. And then you also have invisible ones, which is you put a clue in there, that, but the audience doesn't pick up on it. And then later on, you reveal, ha, it was a clue all along. And they go, oh, I didn't see that clue. If I had, I would have asked this question, this question, this question, and ended up in the right answer, but I didn't. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there's two ways. They either give you, so basically you either have a clue that results in answers, which can be fun. But then to shake that up, you have red herrings, which are fake clues. And then you have secret clues, secret doors, you know, little hidden entrances. So there's there's effectively three different... Essentially, yeah. I mean, there might be more, but essentially, that's kind of the basic structure of cluing, right? I'm just going through like the basic pr- yeah, premise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have this sort of sense of just people are sat down, they're intrigued to know, you know, who done it, for example, or whatever, 
and they want to understand how someone's going to get to a certain point. And so you have these things. For example, this is also the case for genres that have intrigue but aren't crime. I was just about to bring something yeah. like that up because we're, you, the um, the vocabulary you're using yeah. is clearly kind of from the crime. Yes. Sort of uh, the from the crime genre. Yeah. But mysteries don't have to be crime. They no, can be. They don't. And not even that. Uh, political drama mm-hmm. is an, is a genre of power and impotence that's the value but the emotion is intrigue in a political drama so you're wondering how is this person going to get power so house of cards house of cards west wing borgen the sopranos yeah and the, and right the sopranos. these are all forms of intrigue and they or as a result they have a sense of cluing mm. in them so in house of cards you're sitting there going how is he going to get to a certain thing and you start navigating the political institution mm. and you're looking for instead of like the mystery being you see the cluing in a crime story is who done it right how they're going to get away with it etc in in a in a in a political drama the cluing is there to make you ask the question how are they going to get to the top of the pyramid and you're navigating the eddies of the institution of power so in house of cards you're looking for essentially clues which are how can he get power What's he really doing? Yeah. What's he manipulating here? What's he manipulating there? And so you've got... Do you see what I mean? Yeah, you know, that's fascinating. First time I noted... I mean, I saw House of Cards first. Or yeah. The first two seasons. Um, but the Ides of March film, mm. uh, which was a, a film based on a play, I believe. Is it, That's the Gosling and Clooney. Yeah, Gosling right? and Clooney. I haven't seen that. I really want to. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. But that's the first time I really noticed... Um, uh, I guess what you're talking about, you're calling them clues, but um, basically information being used for power. You see, clues is so is so intrinsic to the crime genre mm. that using it outside of it feels a bit weird. Mm. But it's kind of the same reason I call um, in action um, tornadoes and jaws and things like that villains. I kind of like using those names because it gives a sense... It gives a sense of what they are, as opposed to letting you kind of wander away from them. Yeah. You know, if you call if you call a tornado a villain, you have to animate it with purpose. Yeah, I'm with right. You. Yeah. If you call these things clues, then what you're doing is you're really focusing on the sort of the way in which someone pieces together what's going on, mm. and. Um, and if you don't call them clues in that sense, you end up... I mean, you not necessarily, but political drama sometimes can get really bogged down in minutiae. And you're wondering, like, it's just frustrating. It gets bogged down in bureaucracy. Yeah. Bureaucracy isn't the interesting part. It's how they're going to get there, yeah, get through yeah, yeah. it. So, so with House of Cards, for example, you know, you have things where you have these characters where, for example, um, you get red herrings. In House of Cards. Yeah. Where you think this is going to get him or this is not going to get him. I mean, in fact, to be fair, House of Cards has an enormous crime element to it. Yeah. So it's not as clear. But anyway, the point with mysteries is, I mean, the point with intrigue, beg your pardon, because not all intrigues are particularly mysterious in that way. It's sort of a shade of things. Mm. But a way to generate intrigue is people know what they don't know. They ask questions. Okay. And regardless of the genre there's a way in which you do that and that and so it's what you would call cluing and what you're doing is you're basically saying here's a lead that will lead to those answers here is and it either turns out to be what it is 
or it turns out to be false, or you reveal that there was a clue that they missed. Right? Mm. That's kind of basically how cloning works, right? So Frank Underwood gets power because of something you missed, or right? Or he doesn't get, doesn't power, get power because, because you thought herring. exactly yeah, yeah. you thought it was going to get him the office, it doesn't get him the office. Yeah. And it's not the same as uh, just oh it's conflict like you would get in another story. It's yeah. different because you're asking a question of you don't uh, you're trying to solve this question and the re- of like the resolution is the same as well. You want the writer to give that character the power or to not but um, mm. um, to give him the power um, in a way that's interesting and satisfying, yeah. right? Right. You see it's not to do with the value. It's not to do with those things. It's specifically to do with the emotional feeling in the audience. Yeah. So when I say uh, he got gets power because of something you didn't see before, well, in action, you can have hidden setups, mm. right? You can have hidden setups in education stories and things, but people aren't doing, aren't intrigued. They're not yeah. doing a cluing situation. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. it's specifically a form of intrigue. It's not a form... Uh, it, it's how you do setups and payoffs to intrigue, as opposed to excite or to. I yeah, think that's an important. Make I think long. that's an important definition. Do you see what I'm there. saying? Yeah. It's yeah. setups and payoffs for intrigue, as opposed it, to setups. Cluing is essentially setups and payoffs. That's but, all it is. It's yeah. just how do you set up and pay things off? But with intrigue, it's it, you're, it, that becomes maximally complex. Yeah. Because the whole point is you're trying to intrigue the audience with your setups and payoffs. So you're drawing attention to them. That's yeah. the crazy thing. You see, in action. You're trying to excite somebody. It's okay if they miss setups mm. and stuff because you can just go, ah, you can see the setup, boom, like that. They're not asking those questions. They're being excited. But in in a, in a show with intrigue, in a story with intrigue, the audience is actively sitting there going, well, I want to solve the puzzle. So yeah. I'm paying attention to all the setups and all the payoffs and I'm going to crack it before, oh, I've got it wrong. Which right? is exactly what happened in Westworld because you right. told me to watch it and said, there are you said yeah. there are clues everywhere yeah. so I watch every episode guy that's a clue and another clue and I solved it a hundred times there we go so but that's you see what I'm saying yeah so cluing is the process of setup and payoffs to generate intrigue there we go okay so Okay, so just trying to make that as clear as mud. Now, <laughs> and we're 20 minutes in and we still haven't spoiled Westworld. We still haven't spoiled Westworld. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Okay, fine. <laughs> 20 minutes, we still haven't spoiled Westworld. Spoilers, guys. Uh, right, so, um, where was I going? With Detective this? Styles. So, okay, so because cluing is pretty conventional in that sense, there's essentially three types of clue, okay? And if you, okay, whenever you watch a mystery show, okay? And you're plugged in to the mystery show and you're paying attention and you discover a secret setup, a secret clue. You solve the mystery. Right? You know you have. Uh, because you saw it. Yeah. You go, oh, that's the secret clue. I've cracked it. Because you know, and that's, but this is for me what it's like to watch a mystery show. It's like, yep, that's the secret clue. I know that's the secret clue. So that's the real clue. Yeah, that's the answer. Okay. Right, and so right, so that's the red herring because it's too obvious. Like this is what you do when you watch House. Okay, you're watching House. I've got, I, hey, I've got the answer. No, no, there's still 30 minutes of the show. That's a red herring, right? <laughs> you, you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you once you start being able to tell, oh, that's the red herring. That's a regular clue. That's the secret clue. It can become really conventional, really uninteresting. It can get really dull because there's not much variation. You have to be like a Neo level, the one. No, to see the ones and zeros. You have to watch a lot of Columbo. Oh, I see. (laughs) So just just watch a lot. I devour this stuff. I love it. So it's after a while you just get used to it. Is there an element though? Because the two the two examples you just used, um, Columbo and House, are 
um, um, oh god, what's the word? Episodic. Episodic. Thank you. Um, and so they are. They they can be formulaic, particularly house. So the episodic elements of them. You say they're formulaic. Well, because they're the same every week, and you get used to it, you really learn the conventions very very quickly. Yeah. It's essentially like being a host in your own loop. You're just picking things up so fast. Well, uh, How's but, that for a segue? But with nice, but with Westworld it wasn't nice. Don't lie. <laughs> um, I'm just here to pat your ego and there to give people the email address. Um, smooth. Sorry. That's my loop. <laughs> um, right, but in Westworld, because it's long form mystery, you don't have that. Well, uh, I'll get to that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So my point was that cluing is kind of conventional. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. You come up with really great clues, fantastic. How do writers then separate their mysteries from other people? I see where you're going now. I just solved the mystery. There you go. And that's with styles. What we, so characters want things, and then how they go about them is different to what they want, right? So as we pointed out in the Columbo um, episode and everything, you know, Columbo solves crimes differently to how... Sherlock Holmes solves crimes or how Poirot solves crimes or how whoever else solves crimes the guys from Law and Order solve crimes how Dirty Harry solves crimes right Dirty Harry pulls out a gun and Vic Mackey how Vic Mackey solves crimes right all these characters solve crimes Raylan Givens solves crimes differently to the other ones right Mm. but essentially what they're doing is very similar Right, but the way in which they find clues, dismiss clues, solve clues is different to specific characters. Okay, the other way for a writer to change things up is to change the nature of how they do clues completely. Okay, instead of being here's a question, follow the answer. No, now we're going to totally mess it up. So, Stranger Things, they had an example of this, right? In Stranger Things, you had um, multiple points of view each with their own clues. And you as an audience are trying to put all the clues together. Mm. And all they have to do is make sure that you don't put them together before the cast does. Otherwise you'll be bored. Yeah. So they give a cast this clue, this clue, and you're sitting there trying to link the clues together, but you can't do that. You don't know how to do that. You can't work it out. It's like, okay, I understand that something weird's going on with Winona Ryder's character, and something weird's going on with Eleven, What's the link between those two characters? Mm. And you're sitting there looking for the links. Yeah. Right? So that's how Stranger Things does it. That's how they do the mystery thing. Um, The OA does it even... It has a different form of cloning. Right? The OA, you have a character who knows everything. (laughs) She just tells you what's going on. Right? And so because she knows everything and you know how it ends and there's dramatic irony involved... Your emotions in the OA go through the roof because you get to feel more for the characters. Your intrigue is lessened, but your your other feelings are heightened, mm. right? So, I mean, we'll do something on the OA later. But yeah. do you see what I mean? It's a different type of cloning. So Westworld has a different type of cloning, okay. which I really like. So the mysteries of Westworld are, right? So we go, go through all the mysteries of these things, like what it is. This is now, okay... Here come the spoilers now. 26 <laughs> minutes in or whatever it is. Spoiler time. Okay. So, so mysteries of Westworld we have. So we have Maeve. Yeah. Right? So the mystery of Maeve is quite fun because we don't know what's going on inside her head or why she's going off the off her loop. Right? Mm. So Maeve is a character who's a robot. 
we know she's a robot. She is. Um, uh, the, she's the brothel runner. She, she runs the brothel. Yeah, I forget what they call it. Lady of the House. Something like that. Something like that. She's running the brothel in the West World, and she starts realizing something's not right. Right. Mm. She now correct me if I'm wrong. She wakes up. Yeah. Right. So they they take them out every night. All the machine robots out and clean them up. The ones that have been killed. The ones that have been killed. Not even the ones that have had sex. They have to be cleaned. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, those yeah. ones. Do. I'm so, just saying they don't take every robot out every night. No, but they cl- they clean them up all the time, right? Yeah. So they take her out, they clean her up, but she wakes up. Yeah. During that situation, and we go, okay, why? And there's this idea that there's a the uh, what they call the reveries. Mm. So they have an update. They they all the hosts get given an update called the reveries, which lets them access previous memories. Uh. Y- uh, yes, you and okay. you are led to believe this is an accident. Yeah, at the beginning. No, the, the what you're told is the point of the reveries is the upgrade is to make them seem more believable by being able to access previous things unconsciously mm. to give them ticks and help them improvise better. We discover, of course, that the upgrade is part of Ford's plan, mm-hmm. and there's something else going on. So. With Maeve, we're, we're wondering what's, what's going on with her. But the fun thing is there's a mystery she's trying to solve, right? Yeah. Which is, who are the people that I woke up and saw, right? Mm. And so she's starting to wonder what... The, and we know who they are. We know that they're the technicians and all that stuff. But she thinks they might be demons or angels or gods or something. She doesn't know what they are because she doesn't know she's a robot. So there's a double mystery going on with this, which is the one we know, which is what who's the on the other side of the of life, as it were. There's a there's a perfect moment in the show where she's she's woken up and she's had this kind of weird dream yeah. experience, and she draws a picture of what they look like. Yeah, um, and she knows that she's going to be taken away again, and so tries to hide the picture, yeah. tears up a floorboard, and discovers there's a like ten twenty other identical drawings and that this has all happened before she's done it many many times yeah yeah, yeah. And, it's perfect yeah so there's all these yeah so that's it she's done trials like something is really so she's uncovering this mystery but we know the answers to yeah but at the same time we don't know the answers of why is she starting to wake up what does that mean mm. that she's starting to realize she's a robot then you've got the other mystery of Dolores which is very similar but Dolores is much more about what's Bernard up to because he keeps sitting alone with her in mm-hmm. a room, asking her questions. What is she thinking about? What's that got to do with the maze? What did she have to do with the previous uh, partner of Ford, Albert? And so on, right? So her backstory is a big mystery. What's going on with Dolores? Then you've got... Who else have we got? We've got... Um, Isn't we- the, the, is the Dolores mystery part of... Um, solving Westworld as well. They're all they're all going to they all get linked together under the umbrella of Ford's plan. I just mean particularly because in episode one, um, the uh, host that played her dad when he gets yeah. taken off, he says something to her which kickstarts her. She says something to him, plot. doesn't she? Uh, no, he whispers. Oh, he something whispers to, to her. her, which is these violent delights have violent ends. Oh, that's right. He whispers that to her, right, yeah. and that messes him up, and he gets replaced, yeah. and she starts getting messed up, right. So there's the question of what does who said that phrase? Where does that phrase come from? Yeah. We think it's something to do with Albert, yeah, right. 
So we're thinking, okay, Albert's got somehow is commanding them. So Dolores' thing of just her backstory, the mystery is what happened with Albert. Is Albert actually still alive? Mm. Or has he become computer code? And he's living inside them as a computer. That was one of my theories. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I was like, maybe he's not. Maybe he's inside them all and he's become a computer god. I don't know. We thought uh, Ford was Albert. I didn't. I never thought that. Really? No, it's Anthony Hopkins. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So that's one of the mysteries. Another mystery is Bernard, um, which you don't even know is a mystery (laughs) until. Later on, when you t- when you discover spoilers, he's a robot. He's actually Albert all along. Um, that Albert, um, what just well, that's Albert died, and Ford built a robot copy of Albert. It's not that Albert's still alive. Albert is gone, but a Bernard. He so wanted his friend Albert. The beauty of the Bernard mystery is one: they drop the the bombshell that yeah. he's a robot, yeah. which is just wow. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's the episode later where you realise it's the episode afterwards where um, uh, he discovers that he's based on Albert. Yes. Ford built him in, yes. in Albert's image. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, it's not like part of the same big. No, relation. and it's, it's just like, oh god, this is yeah. so bad for the character. Oh my god, it's even worse. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> and so and the thing is, we have flashbacks of Dolores hanging out with Albert, but we thought it was Dolores hanging out with Bernard. In the present. Yeah. Right? And so you go, wait, ah, hold on. <laughs> so then you've got um, William, who is the character with, in the white hat played by Liam McPoyle, who shows up. And, of course, he doesn't have a mystery. We think he's cool, but the mystery is Dolores's mystery. Okay? Yeah. But actually, it turns Dolores. out, he is Ed Harris's character, the guy with the black hat. Because all the stuff that's happening with Dolores and William is in the past. Yeah, it's thirty years ago, but they never tell you, Luke. They never tell you. Okay, I know. So, <laughs> I, I finished watching this this morning. They never tell you, Luke. So that's that one. Then you've got uh, the maze. The Ed Harris character is looking for the answer, the riddle of the maze. What's at the centre of the maze? Is Westworld a maze? What's the maze? What's the maze? And why does he think about this maze? What's going on? And of course, we discover that the whole point is. Uh, the Maeve character wasn't always a prostitute. There was a time where he came in. She was just a regular woman with a daughter. He walks in into a house, kills her daughter, and Maeve reacts with consciousness mm. and falls down in the middle of a of a crop field that's shaped like a maze. And that's how Ed Harris's character goes. There's a maze here. There's something at the center of the maze consciousness and he's intrigued he wants to know what the mystery of the maze is and of course the maze has nothing to do with him there is no physical maze it's uh, the maze is a metaphor for how the machines can get consciousness Mm. right and then you've got ford what's ford's plan ford's doing weird things he's digging up a part of the park that's been long buried what's going on with ford did ford kill albert What's going on with Ford? What's his new narrative? Exactly. What's the new storyline that he's working on and all this stuff? And of course, what it turns out is Ford's plan is to have the machines come alive, kill everyone in Delos, kill all the people there and uh, live uh, as as people, right? Mm. Um, he, he His thing was, how do you make it so that these people can actually live as opposed to... Because he, he realized that they are going to come, become alive, but there's no way for... Um, for them to survive. So how do you make it so that they can actually live? 
right? That's yeah. his whole plan. So he's trying to give them a world, and the only way he can think to do that is by make, start. He has to start it in this horrible way, because the, no one else will listen. They'll just wipe them. They'll never let them be alive, mm. right? Then the next plan is the next mystery, mystery uh, was Delos. oh Delos. What's Delos up to? Yeah. We don't know. And of course the question is, is Delos trying to make people into robots? Who knows? Wah! Like that. What's Delos up to? And then finally, Albert. What happened to Albert? What was Albert's plan? Who is Albert? Who is Albert? Is Albert a sentient computer code that's now alive inside Dolores doing a weird thing? We don't know. One of, one of the clues to Albert, um, Albert's identity being important is they never show you Albert. No. And, and, and when they finally do show you Albert, you go, oh, yeah. I mean, they do show you a picture of Albert. Do you remember? They do, but it's not. You, you it's not Albert. It's, you assume it's Albert, but it's not Albert. It's yeah. Bernard. And Bernard's yeah. standing next to Ford, and you don't see him. You see the other guy, and you yeah. go, oh, it's, that's Albert. No, no, you, you, didn't, you didn't see him. Was Bernard in that original picture? When I don't know if he's you. in the original picture that you see, but he's in that photo. Yeah, I know he's revealed. Yeah, because they show you that photo twice, and they I do. wonder. I'd have to I go back remember. and see if it, if, if he's in that first one. Yeah, because there's so Albert has because uh, there's also the little boy. Remember that's walking around that Ford talks to mm-hmm. and things like that. So there's this question of what happened in the past in the backstory. What's Albert's plan? We think Albert has a plan, right? Even though we never see him. So yeah. what's Albert's plan? Of course, it turns out Albert realized that the robots were becoming conscious. And decided the only way to prove that he couldn't do it. He couldn't prove that they were conscious. He knew that they were going to get wiped, and he didn't want to have that blood in his conscious. So he had Dolores shoot him, mm. and that was the end of it. But the way the show makes it seem is like Albert was still doing stuff. He's like, no, it's been Ford who took over, and Ford took over, and he started bringing back Albert's original ideas. So those those are all basically the big mysteries, right? There's also the element with with Albert. It's not all Ford, is it? Ford eventually cottons on, but Albert's plan. He pl- Albert planted the code. Albert planted the, the reveries and all this stuff. Yeah, but then he 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 lost. He lost, so he, he had did. himself killed by Dolores, and then Ford, after Ford had won, realized Albert was right and started bringing using Albert's stuff to do Albert's plan. But Albert Albert killed himself because he'd lost. It's not like he set up a plan and killed himself. He tried to do it, failed, got killed. Oh, I see. He, was, I mean? trying, he was trying to end the park, wasn't he? Yeah, That's that was right. it. He wanted That's to right. shut the park down. He thought That's he'd right. lost. So he could. So we're trying to... So, you, so okay, here's all those mysteries. Yeah. So immediately, I think it's... Ob- I, I, I don't know. I, obviously, it's obvious to me because I... <laughs> but the way in which they do the cluing, if you look how we were talking about those mysteries, here's how they do the clue. It's distractions. They distract you. What they do is brilliant because there are no red herrings. Oh, I see. There are no red herrings anywhere. They're all there. They're all sitting there in plain sight. How do you do it? Well, there's no secrets. There's no real secret payoffs in the way that you think. I mean, there are a couple like Williams in the past. That's about it. Right? There's lots of Easter eggs hidden around, but it's like, no, how come you don't notice anything despite the fact that you are working at pure, like, critical intensity? It's because they keep distracting you. They go, here's a question you need to ask. You go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait, here's another one. What? Okay, hold on. Oh, here's another one. Here's another one. Okay, here's another one. You go, 
uh huh, yeah, I, I got it, yeah, okay. So, but they don't let you link anything. Then in there, here's another question, here's another question, here's another question, here's another, right? Okay, cool, cool. And then it's like, here's the answer, here's the answer. Here's the... Wait, no. So this is why when I'm watching the show, okay, that I remember, I remember so clearly going like, one of the episodes ends on a really ominous cliffhanger with Bernard sitting down to talk to Dolores going, so did you kill all the humans yet? Like that kind of phrase. It's yeah. a really ominous scene. Do you remember that scene? Do you want to see uh, what I'm talking it's about? It's an earlier episode, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's one of like yeah. episode four or something. Yeah. It, but it ends with that and it's really ominous. And I watched episode five. And then around episode eight, I realised I've totally forgotten Bernard and Dolores are hanging out. Yeah. What's going on? And then I went, they distracted me. <laughs> they... Th- Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They th- put a clue in my face. Then went... One second, guys. Woohoo! Liam McPoyle dancing around. Woohoo! Cincy Babbitt and Newton doing things from Borgen. Woohoo! Look at her go! Look at her go! Ooh, there's Anthony Hopkins. Look at him control people at a diner. Oh, what's going on? Oh, he's built. What's happening? Why is he digging stuff? What? 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 Once, once and then by more. the time you, like, six hours later, you go, wait a minute. You tricked me. Like that. Once more, listeners, I wish we had video. <laughs> the bass's hand gestures during that. Basically, there's a bit in The Simpsons where Homer goes, Marge, do you respect my intelligence? Yes. Okay, good night. Wait a minute. Why do you take you so long to answer? No reason. Okay, good night. Wait a minute. Are you humouring me? Yes. Good night. Wait a minute. That's bad. That's what it's like to watch Westworld. Okay? (laughs) You get your answer, you get your clue, and you forget completely that other stuff is going on and that's why that's how they do it they have so many mysteries they're all connected and, and they, they t- just and throw they t- and they tell you they're doing it they tell you they Ford, never they Ford never says, hide it ford says at the end ford, is, ford basically yells at the audience going don't you see what's going on <laughs> he says in the last episode he's talking about a michelangelo painting mm. um and the uh, image of God is surrounded by a brain. And he's like, it It took people hundreds of years to realize that this was in plain sight. Yes. And, and he is basically telling the audience, I've, I've told you what's going on. Why yes. haven't you worked it out yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like, this, is the, this is the whole plot. We've done it. They signaled it from the beginning. Um, yeah, everything's, everything's really pretty much... This is why um, Will keeps saying that he can just... Uh, enjoy watching the first episode of Westworld over and over again. Oh, I see. Because, because it's all set up in the first episode. It's all there. Yeah. Um, and so, the, but this is how they, this is how they can get away with it. I have a question. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, in fact, you may, may well just be about to answer it. How, so the, the, um, the William plotline mm. is set 30 years in the past. Yeah. Something like and there's no indication. Uh, and there's, there's loads of clues. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> there's no indication. All the clues are there. Um, what I mean is, they don't tell you. There's no, no indication in the show that there's two no, that's right, separate yeah. timelines, right? Um, you could have a legend at the beginning said thirty years previously, yes, um, or, or whatever. Um, and also the stuff with um, um, Albert and Dolores, who at the time you believe is Bernard, that's in a separate timeline as well. Yes, because obviously Albert's. Yeah, that's not yeah, alive. that's yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. So, because uh, the, the William stuff partic- is after Albert's dead. Yeah, because that's why the pl- the place is losing money. Yeah, yeah. 
So particularly the... Oh my God, that's why William turns around and says, this place is making loads of money. And I was like, no, it's not. You said it was losing money. Yeah. This is one of those moments that I was talking about, yeah. which could leave you going, I'm so confused. Well, the, the, well, this is the thing. All through the show, when they go, okay, this is what's happening, I'm like, I remember that clue. But more importantly, I remember noticing that yeah. it was a clue. It wasn't a secret clue. Where I, I didn't see that. Like, No, I remember... Yeah, I went, oh, hold on a minute. That's a weird thing that he just said. Wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. That's kind of in... That's not... That contradicts something they just did in the previous episode. No, wait. Wait, what? I remember noticing the clues every single time. I never put them together despite the fact that I'm in maximum clue mode because every time they went, here's a clue, I'm like, yeah, wait a minute, haha, this is a robot living in its own world. What's going on? Paint it black on a piano. Huh? What? And then you just distract and go, I forgot all about that. That's how they do it. They literally, they literally do to you what the you hosts so get right. done to themselves. So they just wipe you and put you back in a loop. And you just go, uh-huh, yeah, sure, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like That's how they do it. They buried them in plain sight and made you forget. You're so right. When when William gets handed the photograph and he puts it in his pack and you're like, yeah. you note it, you know that's the photograph that... Dolores the camera stops, goes yeah. da, 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 like that on the like you say, hey, remember that picture? You go, I do remember that picture. What does that? Ma- What's Bernard up to? <laughs> like that's that's how it works. It's just I was fixated on that photograph for about <laughs> seventeen seconds. I was like, what does it mean? Is it a time loop? I, I, just, I just, oh. Bernard. Oh, the bank robbery. That is cool. What, what's going on with that? Anyway, the point, the question I was going to ask about um, the uh, about yeah. the William timeline is that could that could have been really cheap. Yes, because that's just um, that's as close. It's not red herring, but it's it's certainly misguiding. It's hiding a key piece of information from you. It could it could be really cheap, but you get a huge amount of insight into William and to the Man in Black. Is that yeah. how they get away with it? Yeah, one, you get huge insight into those two characters. Two, you notice all the clues that you you just didn't put together because you were too busy thinking about other things. So it's right. not like they even hid it from you, right? In a way, and also it has it has a lot of meaning. And you and when you piece that together, you start piecing together the rest of the narrative, and the rest of the world starts falling into place and making more sense. Do you think this so is... It wor- I mean, it works. It's not like... It's not just a bit of exposition. It's it's a huge turning point for Dolores as well. Because the woman she... The guy she thinks is her lover and saviour is actually the guy who's been hounding and killing her. Mm. It's the exact same person. So she has no salvation coming. Because you think William's coming to save her. For, you think there's going to be a shootout between William and the man in black. Yeah. And then it turns out they're the same character. And you go, oh, well, she's... She's she's done for. Like, how is she going to get out of this now? Yeah. So it's a huge turning point. It's not just a bit of exposition. So they use it as a huge turning point. Yeah, for it actually. Dolores. Yeah, it's a huge turning point. You could play that straight. You just you wouldn't feel for. You could play it straight. You could have it be that you know in advance. Then the whole thing becomes when's Dolores going to work it out? Sure. It would still work. It just wouldn't work nearly as well. Yeah. Because when it happens, you you realise that you are you've lost sense of time in the show. You've worked, you can't you you realise your sense of history in the show, cause and effect, and how <clears throat> the scenes play out 
is messed up just like Dolores. I now I was going to say is the is another reason they get away with it is because they have this whole um, uh, motif in the show of what's re- what's real. Sorry, what's memory and what's not, and when does when do the well, yeah, because coincide? how do they, how do you make someone empathetic for a robot that has no memory? Yeah, like Ma- Maeve is an easy one because Maeve has a persistent memory, right? She, you just you can have empathy with her quite easily. How do you have empathy for Dolores, who's doing weird things? She doesn't know why. You don't think, well, you you tell the story in a way that is how she sees it. So you have a lot of empathy for William, mm. and you have some empathy for Dolores when she turns out to be a robot. But you lose empathy because oh, she's not real. How do you do it? And then when you pull this out, you go, wow, I really... When when Dolores finds out Ed Harris is William, you feel for Dolores. Mm. You really feel for her because you go, oh, yeah, I was expecting him to come and save you too. And now you're not. And like, wow, she's really... Like, this is really bad. Mm. You know? So that's how... It just works in that way. It creates empathy. So it's a turning point. It creates empathy. It gives insights. All those things that you want from a, from a proper... Um, turning point as opposed to just exposition and as I say it's not really hidden in the way that you think because <clears throat> they keep mentioning all these little time discrepancies all the way through it they mention that the person was killed and the company's losing money but yeah. you know it's not they mention the photograph but you know the photograph was found in a field later yeah. You know that um, the the robot that introduced him to Westworld was retired. Right? You also know things like Ed Harris is walking around with the gangster at the same time Liam McPoyle's character, William, oh, is geez. dealing with the gangster on the train. Yeah. It's constant all the way through it. But you're going... Well, it's in loops, and this is a weird world, and maybe there's an explanation to come? We'll see. So none of these clues are red herrings. None of them are secret. They're all there. You just don't even... You're aware, You're even aware that they're clues. Yeah. You just don't put them together because you're too busy paying attention to all the different things, and you get complete... You forget. You just forget that something was a clue an episode ago. You forget it. They just go, this is the important thing now. Look at look at that, what's going on. You go, oh yeah, okay, fine. Let's focus on that. They go, look at this, the really important thing now. Oh, by the way, do you remember this? No, I didn't remember. Wait, hold on. What are you saying? Don't worry, here's, a, here's a more clues. Wait, what? And then, poof, then they collide my, them all together. My the silence, end. by the way, listeners, because Bass didn't reveal his theory to me before the episode, <laughs> he refused. He said, no, I, I, wanna, <laughs> I want to see it in real time. I want to see it in real time. So I'm now just sat staring at the wall going, oh my God. He's right. Yeah. His violent dreams of violent days. Like, he's just gone full analysis mode. I probably have more insightful questions if you told me in advance so I could have processed it. But now I feel like I'm just glitching. That's fine. Okay. Um, I think it's more because you just finished the show. (laughs) You're still still in Westworld. You haven't really fully left it just yet. It's still there. Still ticking away. Took me a while to get out of Westworld after I finished it. I will go back and watch dun, the whole thing. Dun, yeah, that's the, the. I mean, I finished it and thought, it's good. right. So now I need to loop the whole it's thing good. again. So okay, the, the so the whole show works on this idea that it doesn't it doesn't use red herrings and it doesn't, not really no. 
I just wanted to come back to it's, I guess the cloning I'm... structure. Just is 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 of a different kind than what you would normally get, which is how it was able to fool. I think because you just were like I oh I've not seen someone throw clues at me that way. Do you think in mystery shows you, you talk about the correlation between um, uh, how people go about? Um, are there any detect? Uh, no, I guess there are detective characters in the show. What in Westworld? Yeah, I mean they're, they're not detectives because it's not a crime show. No, okay, but, but there I, there are characters that are sort of uncovering the mysteries. Yes. I was you. I was yeah. I know what you using mean. Yeah. that term yeah. um, because you told me to. In, earlier in the episode, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. No, I'm just thinking. Uh, I'm I'm trying to kind of get a handle um, on the relationship between the like how this how this show is done so uniquely, like compared to. So okay, if you were going in the if you're going for a sort of crime element, right? Ford is the criminal. Yeah, and most of the characters are either detectives or victim detectives. Or criminal detectives. Yeah. Which is what, like, um, so uh, Albert and Ford are are criminals in the sense that they're covering up the mystery or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. They're the ones They're the ones who have the mystery and are hiding people from discovering the truth. Uh, Delos is sort of at that side, but it's also at the same time trying to work out what he's up to. And then you've got the hosts that are trying to work out what's going on, but it's to them that things are happening and so forth. I mean, uh, it's not a crime story, so that doesn't... No, but I'm just trying to use a vernacular that kind of yeah, maybe makes some sense what, how people are relating to it. So you've got protagonists in the story that you're empathising with. So Ford isn't really a protagonist. You don't empathise with him really. No, he's not the one that you're hoping will do the thing. You're really the protagonists of the story. Really are um, Bernard, um, Dolores, Maeve. Um, the Man in Black, mm-hmm. William, um, and uh, uh, have I missed anyone? I may have missed I someone. Don't. Those no. those strike me as sort of the major protagonists of the story, mm. and they're all doing a little thing. One of the problems that you have it, that's hard even to understand as you're watching the show is who's the protagonist because you don't know who's real. You don't know which characters are actually not robots. Mm. So you're constantly watching, going like, oh, "I wonder if that person's a robot. I wonder if that person's a robot." But the best line in the entire show, yeah, but it was when um, when the technician yeah. with Maeve yeah. discovers the body of Bernard. Yes, um, it says episode nine discovers yeah. the body, and he's like, oh, "He's a host." Yeah, and he looks down at his hands, <laughs> and Maeve says, "Oh, don't worry, you're not a robot." <laughs> I'm so glad they did that. Because one of my one of my uh, solves for the yeah. entire show was everybody is a robot. Yes. Ford is the only human. Everybody. That's, that's a what robot. I thought. I yeah. thought Ford might be a robot. Um, like Ford built right. the whole thing, including his own self, as like an experiment. I thought maybe that's a thing. <laughs> he built himself. I don't know. No, like there's a real Ford, but he built a robot. Oh, Ford I, see, I, see, to, I see. To carry on himself as an experiment. I thought Ford is trying to make himself immortal. <laughs> by becoming a computer or something, you know, like that kind of thing. I don't know. I thought, is Delos trying to find out how to make 
machine bodies that can host human brains so that the people of Delos can be immortal forever. Is that where this is going? I don't know. on immortality. It felt to me that's where this was going. I just, <laughs> I didn't know what was going um, on. Before. Just flipping back, I get, I, you gave me an answer to a question that I, I wasn't trying to ask, so I'll, I'll try and um, get back to the question. No, it was, it was my asking of it. I distracted you. Yeah. Um, uh, I asked a question badly, so you answered a qu- the question you thought I was asking. So let me try okay. again. Um, it's more like, um, um, okay, so you have the cluing structures, and in yeah. Stranger Things, the unique way they do it is mm. they um, uh, do they have red herrings in that? Do they have all the different types of clues? I can't remember. No, I can't either. My guess is they probably do, I'm but, sure they do. but they split the clues up. Yeah. Okay. Between the different yeah. characters. In this one, they don't use red herrings. They do, they're just like, these are all the clues, yeah. and we're going to drop them in plain sight, but we're just going to do it so quickly and yes. so um, uh, insightfully that you're just not going to notice and piece it all together. Yeah, you're like, going to forget so we gave you this clue. Yeah. We're going to give it to you, tell you it's a clue, but you're going to forget. So, <laughs> Because we're going to give you other clues, and those clues are going to push the rest of those clues out of your mind, but you'll remember them when we bring them back up, and you go, mm. oh yeah, and so that's how that's going to work. So I guess really, uh, half, uh, one part of my question is, are there any other shows that do it, do it this way? I am convinced I've seen it before. Really? Yeah, I just can't remember where. Just, uh, just yeah, drop Maybe, maybe I've stuff. watched Westworld several times, and I've forgotten every time, and they've just put me in a loop. <laughs> Maybe I'm a robot. I'm sure I've seen it before where people have done that. The more I think about it, the more familiar it becomes. Yeah. But I couldn't I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Okay. Um and the other question I guess um would be do do you think there's there's other um unique ways that you could do these clues. I'm sure there is I'm sure there's all kinds of ways that you could do it that I haven't I guess it's because normally when we when we talk about the a writing tool we say mm. look here's like a here's, here's a key like here's how you can do this here's an example and here's a counter example mm. um, and, and on we go yeah. um, but this is such a, a seemingly such a unique way of, of cluing yeah. that it doesn't seem like um, oh, here's here's the way I'm what I'm trying to do is create almost an exhaustive oh, yeah. list or no. pattern or something. And yeah, just not working like. I that. don't think. Yeah, I don't think it happens because um, the only way to do those sort of exhaustive patterns and lists is you have to have an underlying thing, right? There has to be something that's like okay. By defining this, all the permutations are contained within it. Yeah. So that's why you know at the beginning I go okay. These are the types of clues. Well, I'm saying a clue is basically a setup. Right. Mm. So, what kinds of setups are there? Well, there's setups you know about, and there's setups you don't know about. Mm. There's setups that you know about that aren't really setups. Setups you know about that are really setups, and there's setups you don't know about. Mm. Those are the three. There's not really another way to set something up. Yeah. Because there's nothing beyond that. But this is more: how do you combine all the clues together and pay it off, and so on? That seems like there can be probably many, many different ways. It just depends. Once you have enough, you can sort of start to realize of a certain type. So you might say that the basic cluing structure is sort of a um, uh, sort of a, a procedural type, and this one you might suggest is more of an open spreading type. In which case, Stranger Things is kind of a form of that mm. because it keeps you going around from different questions. So you could suggest that okay, they have clu- you have cluing strategies for one or two questions, then you have cluing strategies for multiple questions. And, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's a, a, what, how many different kinds? I, I don't know just yet. 
No. I don't know. And it, and again, it's just a form of classification. It's how you want to classify it in a certain way. I just, I'm, I'm thinking ahead to the summary and, and what we take for our own writing. And, and um, I'm trying to get a sense of how you would approach cluing. Because you don't, I mean, you don't necessarily want to ape something that's been done no, before. No, but what you want to learn from Westworld is how, if you know, if you know how to do this properly is you just have to really get people to, you have to learn how to pay attention to what people are thinking as they're, as, as they're watching the show the whole way Westworld works and indeed cluing in general, set up some payoffs in fact, is you have to know what your audience is thinking it's the only way to pull that off, right? If you don't know that your audience is considered... Sometimes people do a thing and the audience will think that's a setup and it's not a setup. Mm. It's not it's an invisible setup or a red herring or anything. It's not a setup. But you thought it was a setup, right? Yeah. And then it never pays off and you get disappointed. I'm like, I thought you were going to bring that back. No, I'm not going to bring that back. That was nothing to do with anything. Like, then why is it in there, right? This is the joke uh, William Goldman, why he hates the big <laughs> Big Lebowski, no. which is the gag for the big. He, he said, "I went up to the Coen Brothers and I said, sons of bitches, where's the bowling tournament?'" <laughs> and they go, "What do you mean?" It's like, "Where is it? I want to see the bowling tournament. I want to see it. Someone's gonna die at that thing, right?" <laughs> and it's just like, "No, that that was just background stuff. That has nothing to do with the story." It's like, "You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. I want the bowling tournament, right?" So sometimes you have people. So if you don't necessarily get what your audience, where what page your audience is on. Um, you give them things that they think are setups that aren't, um, or you set something up and the audience immediately gets what the payoff is, right? But that so therefore they're not intrigued, they're not excited, they're nothing because it's just I oh, you know where this is going. Mm. So the 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 thing to take from Westworld is Westworld. Uh, Fargo had to do this as well, but it didn't do this with cluing. It just did this with understanding, which was how long can you make the audience wait for X. Hmm. Once you tell them X is the is going to be something, how do you make them wait? How do you keep the audience from realizing this is true without just lying to them? And just because that's what a lot of mystery shows would do. They would just lie. They would just change the backstory. They would just do things, right? Hmm. So it's like, okay, how do you do this? When is the right time to do the right thing at this moment? So on. So how long can you keep the audience? Um, the, the Bernard Dolores scenes. Yeah. Which turn out to be Albert Dolores scenes. Yeah. How many of those can you do before the audience gets really bored with the fact that nothing is happening in those scenes? Well, they stopped. They stopped. Yeah. They did it for a couple of episodes and then they stopped and you forgot all about it. And then when they brought them back, you went, oh, of course, that was never Bernard. That was Albert. Yeah. Oh, that makes perfect sense now. How did I forget that clue? Why did I let them off? <laughs> right and because they did other things they went if we do this here they won't notice this thing here and it's like a magic trick you know you have to kind of just know you know magicians do it they distract you right slight hand and all that stuff it's mm. like, we do this thing here with this hand but the other hand is the thing that's doing something and you didn't notice that I did it with my other hand right but because I was too busy distracting you with this hand okay magicians do it all the time they go here's the deck of cards right here who do who do look at the cards look at the cards and then they disappear right in front of your eyes how did they do that? It was because as they were showing you this thing, you forgot that they had showed you something else earlier and so on, right? Do you think it's... Uh, I, I thought about a 
particular scene. Uh, in fact, it's the final scene mm. when you've got all the hosts and all the Delos members right at the end. So this yeah. is the finale, and the camera's going through the crowd, and uh, you have one of the hosts, the um, um, the the guy plays the um, the bandit, <clears throat> doing a card trick for one of the hosts. Yes. Do you think that's a coincidence? <laughs> I'm sure that it's sure that Jonathan Nolan wrote The Prestige, right? Oh, is it the same writer? He's Christopher Nolan's brother. Ah. Right? Right. Oh, by the way, a couple of the people who wrote this, uh, Ed Brubaker is one of them, I think is a, a comic book writer, so I've read their comics. Okay. I yeah. did, you know, I did, it never occurred to me to <laughs> look at, look who, at wrote who wrote it. Yeah. I think as soon as the credits rolled but, on each episode, I would just roll to the next the, one. The people who wrote it, they play video games. Mm. They're all, these people are all guys about, our, like what, maybe five years older than me, so almost ten years older than you, something like that, mm. right? Um so they're kind of our generation a little bit before our generation so they've all played video games they've all read comic books they all love their science fiction they're all in, they're all nerds and geeks they know they've sat down they go okay they know when the audience would ah they'll notice this they won't notice that we have to do it here we've waited, made people wait too long for that I mean Westworld season one really feels like um, it's only ten episodes yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, and they they resolve everything. They just didn't wait around. They didn't waste time. They didn't do oh let's what would one episode of being in Westworld be like, you know, or whatever. They didn't you know, they didn't do episodic stuff. They really just kind of rolled up their sleeves and made sure that everything is where it should be at the right moment, at the right time, in the right way, and that's it. You know? So they went like I would have thought like when can we reveal Bernard is a robot? Hmm. When do we do that? Okay, well, if we do it at this episode, then the next episode we have to explain how this works. And that is Albert and all that stuff. Okay, fine. And then that leaves us how many more episodes until the end? If we do that really early, it's going to cut a lot of steam. How do we... You see what I mean? Mm. So they would just have to sit there and they'd have to just constantly work out how long before the audience gets bored. How long... If we, if we put these two things together, the audience will put them together. And so on and so on and so on. And then eventually... So, as a writer who's doing any sort of cluing, that's what you'd want to do. Is you just want to sit down and sort of understand when someone is going to put it together. And then you want to resolve it just before they would. Hmm. Just before they would lose interest. Just before they would get bored. Just before they would put it together themselves. Then you put it together. And the only way to do that is you rewrite it, rewrite it, and you have to pitch it. And if you have a writer's room of people, as they would have had at Westworld, they would have had a bunch of people able to pitch it amongst themselves and work it. If you're on your own, you need readers. Yeah. And then when you do the readers, you have to do things like, okay, did you see that this was going to come? Did you see this coming? I remember when Dark Knight came out, and I would ask anyone who didn't know Harvey Dent became Two-Face. I asked everyone. I was just curious. Did you think, what did you think was going to happen to Harvey? Because for me, I know he becomes Two-Face. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so aware of all the setups. But like for people who didn't know he was going to become Two-Face, what did you think was going to happen? And everyone said, I knew something was going to go wrong with him. <laughs> right? So it's that kind of thing. It's like you, you have to, you, that's part of the work. You can't just sit in your, on your own in a room and think you'll be able to crack it. You need to actually get people to tell you, I saw that coming, I didn't see that coming. Because a lot of the times they'll say, oh yeah, I saw it coming, but I still liked it. It's yeah. like, no, if you wanted to surprise them and you didn't, get them to go, wow, I didn't see that coming, then yeah. you did it wrong and you have to go back and do it again. 
Yeah. And that's why you do synopses as opposed to writing out all the dialogue. Two things struck me really watching this show. From an analytical point of view, two things struck me. One, there's no way you can write this show on your own. No, um, in a bubble, you need you need like you say either a room or readers. Yeah, because you you need to know yeah whether these setups and payoffs are, or whether the clues are working. Sure. Um, and I forget what the other thing was. Oh yeah, no, the other thing was <laughs> was um, the the season is so complete. What the hell have they got planned for two? Well, uh, as far as I can tell, the season one is a prequel, right? Prequel to the Westworld. The Westworld story is the robots taking over the world, their world and doing things, right? Oh, I see the original. It, I think that's what Westworld is about, right? It's, the, it's, the, it's kind of like saying um, what they're going to do for the next film after um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, I see. Do you know what I mean? It's that yeah, kind yeah, of... Yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't read the book. I haven't seen the original film. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, as far as I'm aware of what Westworld's about, mm. which is robot uprising and all that stuff, the film, and I think the book, is a robot starts going killing all the people in the park. Well, this ended with a scene kind of like that. Mm. So I'm guessing that season two is going to be about mur- ro- murderous robots and the uprising and Skynet and all that kind of stuff. Which will... Bring its own problems of empathy and yeah, or they're going to do the thing and set it in another world. Yeah, and uh, and then start I, doing I, that. I, I don't know. I thought the only thing that wasn't um, paid off, uh, it really in the whole show, was in the final episode where they go through the samurai world. Uh, yeah, room. and the, the character um, uh, is it Tandy or Dandy Newton? Tandy Newton. Yeah, she says, "What's this about?" And the other guy says, "It's best you don't ask." And I thought this is the only time in the show where they brought something up and said, "Forget about it." Yeah, yeah. So that that was clearly a. If we get season two, yeah, we'll get. Yeah, we'll explain it to you because the the big area that wasn't explored in the first one is Delos. Yes, we never leave the park. Yeah, right. So we never leave the park. We don't know how the park works or where it is or anything like that, and that makes sense because guess who doesn't leave the park. <laughs> All right, the hosts don't leave the park. So there's this whole sense of we are waking up to this world in the, at the same way that uh, that Maeve is waking up. Mm. So there's a sense of keeping us in the park, keeping it small, keeping the budget manageable. Right, the fact that they have—I mean, most of their budget would have gone on the fact they have Anthony Hopkins in it. Right, so you know, keep keep the budget. <laughs> I manage- like the idea that Anthony Hopkins cost more than all the CGI. Probably in the show. did. It's like it's Anthony Hopkins. They got Anthony Hopkins to do ten episodes of a TV series. Right, and you know why he did it? Because he's incredible. Because Breaking Bad. <laughs> he saw Breaking Bad. He wrote Brian Cranston of Fanland saying this is the best acting I've seen in anything. <laughs> and to act, movie actors are starting to notice that if they really want good acting gigs, they got to get on TV yeah, because on sure. TV they get given the most amazing characters. Yeah. Right. So Westworld has an amazing cast, right? And, the, and they got Anthony Hopkins, and that was their big, big draw. Like we've got, we we can get Anthony Hopkins to do a TV series, right? We can't get him for one series, but we can get, <laughs> him, right? And so. You've got so they have this thing of Delos is not something that we're aware of, uh, where Maeve was going to go when she she chose to come back into the Westworld, but she was about to leave Westworld. So there's areas of this world that we haven't seen explored that they clearly they could do for season two, but they just don't need to. 
Mm. If they never got season two, it would be fine. Yeah. But um, the fact that there's it's clearly going to have a second season, we'll see where it goes. But it's, it's, it feels to me it's a bit like a bit like Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which is the first one is, hey, we're going to get to the Planet of the Apes, mm. but we're not there yet. So, um, yeah. Okay. Was okay. there anything more you wanted to talk about? No. Okay. No. I'll just leave you with one thought then. Go on. Okay. On my drive, drive down here today, I suddenly realised that thank you, Ed Harris, for giving us bald men at least one more cool character we can do for fancy dress. <laughs> Because so far, all I've got is Ming the Merciless and Malaram. Really? Yeah. Well, so far, all I can do is Jack Sparrow. <laughs> That's about the extent of my cosplaying possibilities is Jack Sparrow. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Ed Harris is another big name, right? Yeah. He's a huge actor. He's badass. Yeah, he's a huge movie star, actually. So they had two movie stars. <laughs> right? And who and who were they? They were the oldest characters in the story. Right? Both of them are kind of founders of the place. Mm-hmm. Ed Harris is channeling the Yule Brenner. Yeah. Right? Because th- I thought he was the evil robot of Westworld. And he turns out in the first episode, he's not the evil robot. He's a host. I thought it. Was, I thought he was Will's fiance. Oh, she's James fiance's dad. Yeah. I didn't I think that. I, I didn't know who he was after a while. I, I think, <laughs> uh, James Marsden's also in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's got one oh, of millions in it. It's, it's, it's yeah, insane. But she, no, but she's much more over here, England, isn't she? She's not a big American name. Like, Sidsi Babette Newton is huge in Denmark, but she's not huge oh, in Oh, I see. Okay. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think, like, you've got Hopkins and Ed Harris are people who kind of... Worldwide movie stars. Yeah, they, they have their name on a movie. movie kind of immediately yeah. gets gravitas and so forth. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, it's very, it's very good. Cool. Right. Nothing okay. more to add. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.